So as we begin today's program, let me open with an unusual question. All the troubles we are facing in the Western world, is it because of humanism or paganism? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the weekend edition of the program, Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, this has been quite a week in terms of news here in the United States and really all over the world. And as I was thinking about this particular program, when I try to kind of sum up the entire week, we we can look at the the raid on the Trump home in Florida. We can look at the bills being passed in the House and the Senate and with the phony names like Inflation Reduction Act. We can look at transgenderism. We can look at all the things that are swirling, <laughs> even monkeypox. We can look at all of it. And it comes down to what is what is the driving force behind everything that is going wrong? And, and I'm realizing more and more, day by day, we're facing a war. We're facing a war that I don't think most people, including many Christians, understand. They don't understand the the warfare we're in. They don't understand the enemy we face. I can remember working at a radio station in Georgia way back in the 1980s and 90s. And it was a Christian radio station. And we would have a few people you'd hear from time to time on that radio station with programs talking about what we call secular humanism. It became a popular term, and and in many circles it still is, but I think think we're missing the boat. It really isn't secular humanism, something even vastly worse, something even more dangerous, and something that is being openly denied by both sides. Let me see if I can explain what I'm talking about. We have a lot of people that claim to be atheists. Yet the philosophies that they are espousing really have their roots in total and absolute paganism. And they don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit that they are dealing with some kind of ancient religion from thousands of years ago as their driving force. They want to believe that they are enlightened. They want to believe that we have scientific knowledge people, as we've learned over the past two and a half years, have taken the word science and have thoroughly corrupted the meaning. I am science, we heard Dr. Fauci say. We believe in science is what they tell us. The globalists tell us they they thoroughly believe in the science. Science of what? Oh, the science of climate change, the science of gender fluidity. All of these things, they they seem to always go back to human rationality and science. And we, for many decades, improperly employed the word secular humanism. When it's neither. It's not secular and it's not humanism. 
It is something that comes out of pagan religions which are deeply rooted. Now listen to me carefully. You can laugh at this all you want, but kind of hear me out. Deeply rooted in pagan worship. Oh, Bob, come on. You, you, You want me to believe that all this stuff is rooted in paganism? Yep, I certainly do. Because when you look at it with open eyes and without any bias, just kind of look at the facts where they lay, it becomes increasingly evident that what St. Paul said 2,000 years ago, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We're not wrestling against a secular humanist. We're not wrestling against someone that claims to be an atheist. We're not we're not even wrestling against political ideology anymore. Political ideology is just an end to the means. And the satanic, you know, end is the destruction. And they will lie and use any means and any form of power they can grab to get, to accomplish their goal. And I think many people are totally missing this. To give you a couple of ideas, there there are a couple of pathways I want to deal with in the program today. And I really hope that you can stick around for a while. You're going to hear some voices and some things that are beyond unbelievable should also be deeply concerning because this is coming out of the mouths of world influencers and leaders and people that have the strings of power at their fingertips. And then also you'll hear a voice or two of those that are supposedly within the Christian world leading congregations and just untold thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, They're leading them into total theological delusion. And so we are definitely in a different kind of warfare. Now, I want to start with something, and I've got a couple of audio clips here. There's an individual we've talked about, and I mentioned him a couple of days ago. For those that that listen to the program five days a week and not just on the weekend, I talked about an individual that you really need to pay attention to and not to dismiss him as some kind of a kook or weirdo or strange individual. The guy's name is Yuval Noah Harari. Yuval Noah Harari. And he is an author, but he has he has the ears and he has the minds And he has an incredibly powerful influence in many world organizations. He lives in Israel. He is a man married to his male partner in Israel. And he teaches at the Hebrew University of all places. And he is, by his own admission, a total and absolute atheist. Yet everything he seems to espouse has its roots in paganism and you can't see it a very dangerous individual when you have when basically you are influencing international organizations like the world economic forum and they are a 
organization with a tremendous amount of power and influence around the globe. Don't write them off. Now, Yuval Noah Harari wrote a book called A Brief History of Humankind. And, and in that book, he, he asked a lot of strange questions. A hundred years from now, do you think we will still care about being happy? And then he writes, what I do, it is still relevant. And how I do, I prepare for my future. And then he writes at the end of Sapiens, you'll be asking the question, what do we want to want? Let me say that again. What do we want to want? He has a very soft-spoken manner. He seems to be even a bit shy at times. He seems good-natured. He says he doesn't possess the powers of divination. And then he answers questions with an authority that makes you wonder if he does. A hundred years from now, he tries to tell us that human beings as we know human beings will have disappeared. And the earth is going to be very, it's going to be very different. It's going to be populated, well, not by human beings, but by literally, and you, you can say, man, Bob, you're talking like Star Trek kind of stuff here. You know, cyborgs, you know, be, this blending of humanity and technology. You know, one of the things about those that seek paganism is they too are trying to find the fountain of youth and eternal life. And, and they believe they have done it in terms of technology. They believe that that our technology today is becoming so incredibly advanced that the day is right around the corner. I mean, we are literally on that doorstep of merging humanity with technology. Humanity with technology. Now think about that. Humanity and technology, eternal life, complete and full knowledge of the universe. And if you don't think we're heading in that direction, I want you to realize, and I've mentioned this a few times in recent weeks, the subtle changes that are beginning to occur in a company called Meta, which is the, the parent company of social media giant Facebook. Of course, a lot of younger people would say, well, you know, Facebook is for old people now. but Because a lot of young people don't necessarily use it. They use other social media. You know, things like Twitter are for, you know, the boomers or what have you. But I want you to understand something. What Mark Zuckerberg envisions is one of the great steps in the direction of merging mankind with machine. And it's called the metaverse, the meta, M-E-T-A, the metaverse. Look it up. I can remember mm, several months ago, there was a video that came out. Mark Zuckerberg hosted it, and it was one of the creepiest things that I've ever seen. Talking about how the day is going to come. And, and, and of course, they use things like, you know, the, the pandemic or, or climate change or whatever the crisis du jour happens to be of why we, we need to change the way we live. 
We don't need to have automobiles. We don't need to have pickup trucks. We don't need to be using fossil fuels. We don't need to be growing food. We need to be just eating bugs. Don't laugh. They literally believe this, and they've said it over and over again. Mark Zuckerberg believes the day is coming, and he's creating that world today. Today. Now, I want to, before I explain what, what the metaverse is, you know, I, I can remember, and I think it was maybe eh, about 25 years ago, had a friend of mine in South Carolina, and he's still a good friend. And, and we were, once again, I'm a very technology you know, fluent individual. And I was beginning to use computers in new ways in business and in communication. And we were all beginning to see the future of what we call the internet or being online, being connected. Of course, then it was dial up and real slow. And, and, and my friend happened to pose a question. He, he's also into technology. And it was at the beginning of a time of my life when I was starting in ministry. I was later in life going into ordained ministry. And he said, you know, Bob, what you ought to do, he said, don't, don't do a conventional church, do a virtual church. And it all sounded good on the surface, and maybe there's something to it. And I, there's something inside said, that's not what we're called to do. That is a substitute of what we are called to do. And of course, who would have thought 25 years ago about the pandemic of 2000 and, and churches shutting down, and all of a sudden there we were, the virtual church on, a, you know, on somebody's telephone, two or three people in a, in a sanctuary pretending they're having church on their iPhone for all the world or five people to see. But see what Mark Zuckerberg is trying to build, and he has the incredible financial resources to do it, is to build a world that is so realistic it becomes believable. Now, I'm going to tell you, a lot of the things that I saw during the pandemic, you know, these virtual church services were so poorly done, I, I had to struggle to, to watch any of it. But see, the world will probably do a better job than most Christians tend to ever do when it comes to using technology to its fullest. Mark Zuckerberg was showing, and you've seen some TV commercials as well, you know, where you see a grandfather and the granddaughter, they're thousands of miles apart, but they get to put on their, their goggles and their headphones, and all of a sudden they are together at some, at some beautiful river out in the, in the forest, and they're fishing together. And all they're really doing is standing in their own little rooms, thousands of miles apart, immersed in the metaverse. Mark Zuckerberg says this metaverse is going to is, is going to replace the office as we know it. We'll all get out of our bed in the morning, 
put on our goggles, grab a cup of coffee, and put on the little earbuds. We're all getting used to that today. Uh, look, I see I see people that are 18, 19, and in their 20s getting in their automobiles wearing earbuds or headphones. They're already beginning to immerse themselves into the virtual world, and they're leaving reality behind. And 30 years of advancing video game technology has sowed the seeds for those to walk away from reality, responsibility, or anything else. And so this is the world in which Yuval Noah Harari is trying to bring us toward. And he really believes that the day is coming sooner than later when humanity is merged with technology. Here's here's something he said not that long ago in a presentation with with his friends at the World Economic Forum. Listen to this carefully. Once you really solve a problem like direct brain-computer interface, when brains and computers can interact directly, uh, for example, to take just one example, that's it. That's the end of history. That's the end of biology as we know it. Nobody has a clue once, what, what will happen once you, once you solve this. Uh, if life can basically break out of the organic realm into the vastness of the inorganic realm, and you cannot even begin to imagine what the consequences will be because your, our imagination at present is organic. Now, let me be perfectly clear. If somebody had been making statements like that, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, you would think they're just dreamers or you know they're doing some science fiction novel or movie. You would never have even given a consideration that what this individual is talking about is even real. You would think that this is, you know, merging man and machine. Oh, that's something like from Star Trek, The Next Generation, The Borg, whatever. It's all fantasy. Yet in Noah's, or I should say Yuval Noah Harari's world, it's all real. And he thoroughly believes in what he is teaching. Remember, this is not just somebody making some, some noise. He is a university professor. He has the ears of governments all over the world, organizations like the United Nations, organizations like UNESCO, United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. He is a one of the big advisors to the World Economic Forum. And among those that follow him and consider him cutting edge and to be respected and followed the aforementioned Mike Zuckerberg even Zuckerberg asked if humanity is becoming more unified or fragmented by technology because see both of them they asked that question it's a rhetorical question in their mind they thoroughly believe that this is how you unify mankind and ultimately, in time, get rid of the useless eaters. And, you know, those that are leaving too big of a carbon footprint that are not contributing. You're not John Kerry. You don't deserve a jet. You're just, you're just a plebe. You're just somebody unimportant. And you will own nothing and somehow you'll be made happy. 
You know, the managing director of the International Monetary Fund, you know, they, they, they believe that eventually we need the universal basic income for everybody in the world that is worth allowing in the world. I mean, face it, the machines will need certain levels of maintenance and, and the elites will need certain human interaction for their personal pleasures. I mean, that's what it's coming down to. And as far-fetched as it sounds, this is what they are pushing. One of the things that they believe needs to be eliminated, we no longer, you know, it's so past its time, it's useless, it's worthless, we don't need the concept of families. We really don't need, in the distant future, or not even that far in the distant, we, we really don't need you know, a mother and a father. We don't need children because, you know, children just leave carbon footprints. Laugh as you want, but some of these people are talking about someday you'll have virtual children and not have any diapers to change. Your children will be artificial intelligence. What they're really trying to say in their promise of eternal life is we want your biological body dead And somehow we're going to bring you into this new virtual world where you need nothing and you leave no carbon footprint. And as far-fetched as it sounds, this is what they believe. Once again, while, while Yuval Noah Harari has his husband... Uh, he, he doesn't think it's going to be that important for anybody else. See, the elites can have human interaction, but, you know, those that are not as important don't need it. And, and they just come out and say it. And because of where we are spiritually and intellectually in this world, our intellect has been damaged by our, oh, our affront to God. You know, the Bible talks about mass delusion. You believe the lie. You can't even see the truth anymore. And, and this delusion is working its way through our society into literally all age brackets. And Harari believes that you know we need to save the planet. And the best way to save the planet is this merging of humankind with machine and the elimination of the family. And you'd think, you'd think somebody, somebody in politics would stand up and and say something loudly. You think that the United Nations would say something, but they're all in favor of every bit of this. And they've even subjugated much of their authority under the edicts that this prophet of what I call the Antichrist is proclaiming. And even though Yuval Noah Harari claims to be an atheist, he really does believe in a pagan religion. Oh, it's hard for him to admit it. But what he is selling you is a very modernistic and very elaborate paganism. And he doesn't even try to hide it. Listen, listen to what he said. Once again, this is at a a seminar given at the World Economic Forum. In terms of ideas, in terms of religions, the most interesting place today in the world, in religious terms, is Silicon Valley. It's not the Middle East. This is where the new religions are being created now by people like Ray Kurzweil, 
And this, these are the religions that will take over the world. Now, you heard what he just said, that this is going to become the new religion. Now, here's a guy that claims to be an atheist, but he is really the prophet of a new religion. And this new religion is the merging of mankind and machine. And to do that, we need to begin to destroy humanness, our relationship with people, our families, even our children. And then from that point, subjugated to government that then forces compliance in our lives. Hey, we saw this forcing of compliance for two and a half years how government believes it has the right to have demanded compliance from you for things that were scientifically fraudulent. And they will use what they've learned during this time as they push toward the next level. We've been talking about climate change for decades, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit on the program today as well. And something even more dangerous than anything that you've even heard so far today. There is a new religion coming. And there are prophets of that religion already on the face of the earth and in places of power. They're not in obscure little places. They're not, you know, laughable creatures or people, you know, with some oddball thinking. They have... They have the ears and they have the control over the elites of this world. The Bible teaches, 2 Timothy chapter 3, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And it's not because of, you know, wars and all that stuff. That's just a part of it. See, men shall be lovers of of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Oh, boy. That's being shoved down our throats by our own governments and even major corporations. These unnatural affections being raised higher and to be respected more than what has sustained our civilization for thousands of years. And they'll break truces, false accusers. We see that all the time from the left these days. They will use the power of government and law enforcement to achieve what they want. And they despise those that are good. You try to do something good, no good deed goes unpunished with this crowd. They're traitors. We've seen that in the United States. They're high-minded, they're heady, they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Look at the pride parades back in June. They love their pleasure, and and their God, of course, well, as it says in verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Pulpits all over the United States are full of heretics people that are spitting on the face of Jesus Christ, literally giving him the finger and and making a mockery of his word. And, and these well-heeled, well-financed, well-respected individuals with their stained glass windows in some cases and their high and mighty titles are nothing but perversions. 
They have moral issues. We know that. And just like Yuval Noah Harari, they are ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Never, ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And as I've shared so many times, the scripture is, has got a warning. Those that have known the truth and have now rejected the truth are given over to mass delusion to permanently believe the, the lie and not able to see the truth under their own damnation. That's what the scripture teaches. Now, I'm going to take a break here. And what I have on the other side is even, well, more frightening. As I said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We are in spiritual warfare with a church that has never gone through spiritual basic training. And many churches that have given themselves over to the spirit of Antichrist and are no longer even a part of the body of Christ. They're not a part of the cult or ecclesia. They're, they are nothing but heretics and distorters of God's word. And, and there are two traits or two things that are occurring, and I will get into them on the other side of the break. These things you need to know. It's urgent that you listen carefully to part two of the program today. Now, shortwave radio has been our primary way of getting the broadcast out. We're thankful for a few domestic radio stations that carry us, some only on the weekend. I wish it was every day of the week. But shortwave radio has been our, our primary source. I know everybody says, hey, the virtual world, be online, podcast, cheap to do. Yeah, there's millions of them out there, hard to get where you can be heard. But we put it out there as a podcast, and there's an audience for it. We put it out there on shortwave, and like I say, I'm praying for more opportunity to be heard, not just on shortwave, but even on, on some additional domestic radio stations. You know, as the Bible says, while we have time, let us do good unto the household of faith. We need to be sharing the gospel. And I, I've been saying for a long time, you know, the truth is getting out there and the veil is being pulled back. And even though there is a tremendous amount of the population, probably the majority that are now blinded, there are those that are ready to receive the good news. Would you help keep us on the air? Would you consider today making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. And mail that check to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview. One word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, make the check payable, Ancient Word Radio, Mail it to 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, Florida, and the zip code 32536. If you visit the website, truth2ponder.com, you can find that address and even other ways to keep us on the air. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder. 
with Bob Beerman. The Epiphanies Syndrome coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you can get and love in a moment. The story of Hanukkah centers around a Greek general who called himself Antiochus Epiphanes. He was a shadow of the Antichrist. Now, something profound about it, because he called himself Epiphanes, that means God manifest. In 2 Thessalonians 4, it says of the Antichrist, he will he will proclaim himself to be God. That's the spirit of the Antichrist, which is already here, proclaiming man as God. When man seeks to get rid of God, he ends up making himself as God. The state that denies God becomes as God, whether it's Russia, Germany, or it could happen in America. If you yourself are God, then then you lose the power to know God. That's the problem. Even as believers, we can fall into the epiphany syndrome. The flesh is always trying to be God. So when we see ourselves at the center of everything, or when our concern is about ourselves above everything else, when we live as if we were the most important thing, the center, when we're concerned more about our reputation than God's, or we seek to get praise instead of giving it, we're falling into the epiphany syndrome. You try to be God, then you'll lose the power of knowing God. But if you can break away from that, if we break away from, if we can empty ourselves of self and and self-centeredness and living as if we're the center of the universe, and we live in true humility, then the true God will manifest himself in our lives. Those who exalt themselves come to nothing, but those who humble themselves will empty themselves of themselves. Their life will become the holy of holies, filled up with the presence of God. Your life is going to be filled. Stop trying to be God manifest, and your life will be filled with the manifestation of of the living God. Want more? Ask for the Hanukkah end time revelation. Now, how do you receive something so awesome? It's been hidden for 2,000 years and we don't even know it's been revealed anywhere else. You can. The awesome Mystery of the Temple Doors and Sapphires, a free gift subscription guaranteed to help you become strong and victorious in God. How do you get all these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus is really Hebrew name Yeshua and you dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join I mean bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. It's amazing. It's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or you can write me direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Or Haolam Elohim, the light of the world, and God himself. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Real quick, a couple of thoughts just came to mind. Some of you that only get a chance to hear the program once a week, if you have internet access, you can hear the program at your convenience as a podcast. And if you go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truth the number two ponder.com you can find a link on how to hear the program and how to hear it as a podcast and every day when the program is released you'll have it come to you 
and you can listen at a time and place convenient. I'm thankful the opportunity is still there. I know the day's going to come. I mean, come on. The day's going to come when, when my program will be harder and harder to find. That's the world we're living in. We're in a spiritual warfare. And those that speak truth, well, they're the ones that are going to be in the target. And the bigger of a target you are, the bigger of a name you are, the faster it's going to come. And so that's why I, I do want to keep the program alive and well on international shortwave, where the internet is not a factor and you can listen. Now, I want to get back to what we were talking about. We, we heard about Yuval Noah Harari and, and his pipe dream of merging machine and mankind. And as far-fetched as it sounds, it is the direction that Facebook, now known as the metaverse, and other places are going. They are totally in belief and in lockstep with this idea. People like Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum, he's no spring chicken. And I'm sure that as he sees his time on this earth probably coming to an end, he would love to merge himself with machine to be immortal. And that's where so much of this comes. On top of that, as I said at the beginning of the program, are we fighting secular humanism or are we fighting paganism? The truth of the matter is, secular humanism is just a fancy term for recycled paganism. Ancient worship that required infant sacrifice. Ancient worship that required you worship the planet and nature. All of these religions that are formed in, in the worship of nature, in, in the devaluation of humankind, carnal pleasure, they were people in parts of the ancient world that believed all over this world. If you sacrifice your firstborn, then you will be given a more prosperous life. And we can, back in the 1950s and 1960s, when I'd read about stuff like that when I was a student in high school, it seemed like rather bizarre. How could they ever believe something so foolish? And now I'm seeing it today. In, in the abortion fight alone, this devaluation of human life. And if you've ever known, and, and those that listened the other day, I had Dr. William Wong on the program, and he pointed out that we can talk about uh, all these wars and all the people that were killed during the wars, and then you look at certain despots, certain evil individuals that I think were satanically or demonically possessed, that would include Paul Pot, Adolf Hitler, Mao Zedong. You go down the entire list. They killed more of their own people than their own people had been killed in in wartime. That's true in the Soviet Union. More people died at the hands of Stalin and his own nation than died from Hitler's troops in World War II. This is what happens. Because, see, Satan is the author of confusion and the lover of death. And from Darwin to Hitler to, to today's abortion industry, I've never seen, I, wanna, I want you to think about this, and I, I'm not going to spend too much time on this topic, 
but it has to be said. Whenever I see somebody really pushing for abortion in this country, there's one thing that I've noticed. The anger in their eyes and their face and their their foul language. It's like they want to kill something. They're so angry. There's no love in their heart. There is nothing good about them. It is all self-centered narcissism, anger. We've got to kill those judges and what have you. And you have politicians that are running on the issue now of abortion, that it must be made health care. Only Satan could call killing a child health care. And people would be delusional enough to believe it. Back in 2018, Stacey Abrams ran for governor of the state of Georgia. And she never accepted her loss. She masquerades and pretends that she is the rightful governor of the state of Georgia. Not that I think that Brian Kemp is that much better. He's got his own issues to me. But I'm going to say one thing about Stacey Abrams. She is one of the most disgusting and vile people that I've ever had the displeasure of watching and listening speak to speak. And see, it's not that Stacey Abrams is pro-abortion. It's not that just because she advocates for the LGBTQ indoctrination and even handling, you know, handing children over to same-sex couples. I mean, these, these are all abominations, according to Scripture. It's not that she's pro-abortion. It's not that she thinks that transgenderism is something that's totally normal and it's always been an issue that, you know, half our people are probably in the wrong bodies. She believes this delusional nonsense. Which, by the way, is part of what happens when you have cursed God. He, he gives you over to the delusion you desire. What's really troublesome is how she has aligned herself now with what she calls progressive Christianity. You know, which is really the God of this world, which is really satanic, that has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is, according to 2 Corinthians 4, chapter, no, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4, the image of God. She is bought into this satanic religion of progressive Christianity, which is infected like a terminal cancer many denominations in the United States, and I mention them all the time. In a recent public relations spiel she put out, and she's really working hard to to appeal to the progressive Christianity you find in many of the formerly faithful mainline churches that have abandoned the gospel, celebrate sin, don't believe even in the virgin birth of the resurrection anymore because they, well, if they have no resurrection, what hope do they have? They're hopeless. And she makes the claim, and this is, this is really troublesome, that it was back in her college days that another college student uh, began to challenge her previously held anti-abortion stance see, Stacey Abrams was raised around the church, and she believed in the sanctity of human life, but she traded all that in for power, 
money, prestige, narcissism, and self-grandiosing, which is what she does the best. She began to challenge her anti-abortion stance and became pro-abortion, very much like, you remember, you remember Al Gore, the former vice president that wrote you know, the book uh, about you know, climate change and all this nonsense? People forget that there was a time that Al Gore, when he was a senator from Tennessee in the 1980s, was considered a, you know, what are they called, a a yellow dog, a blue dog Democrat. You know, he was really a nice guy that believed, you know, in helping the little guy out. And he was a good Baptist, even went to a seminary, which he flunked out of. And he was the darling for years of the pro-life movement until he was appointed to run as vice president And in a heartbeat, he went from the sanctity of human life to wanting to see children killed in the womb. And it seems that all those that are pro-abortion find that that this earth should be the center of their worship. The two seem to go very hand in hand. I've noticed it. Abortion and save the planet. We must save the planet. There are a lot of denominations out there that have that have forsaken the gospel and they're now doing the work of demons. They're not doing the work, you know, of God. They're not following the Holy Spirit. They're following an evil spirit. The president of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, lay organization. They have a lay organization. His name is Abe Makati. And he was speaking at a church in Stone Mountain, Georgia, not far from Atlanta. And and he, of course, is using that pulpit to push having Stacey Abrams elected as governor of the state of Georgia. She's running again. I guess it's her second term. I don't know in her mind. But she's running again. And so here is somebody, the president of the lay organization within the the African Methodist Episcopal Church, speaking at a church. It's not a church anymore. This is what they believe. They have forsaken the gospel. The lampstand of the Holy Spirit has been ripped out of this place. It is not a place of the gospel. It is not a place of truth. And, and this is what he has to say. And, I, you know, he's got a. it's hard to understand him, and I'll be right back to kind of help you through it. But I find, look, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Almost 45 years ago, well, about 45 years ago now, 1975, 1976, I used to get up early in the morning and meet an individual by the name of Detroit Steeple. He did a radio program on WLET Radio, Toccoa, Georgia, every Sunday morning called The Old Ship of Zion. And I was invited and I was happy to participate and enjoyed every time I had the chance to sing in one of his choirs in a, shall we say, a black congregation. And I was, it's you know, I, I've been to a few Baptist churches and a few AME churches. And I can tell you that back 50 years ago, 45 years ago, These were faithful Christians that truly believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And somewhere along the way, people like Abe, uh, McKeithy, came along and steered them away 
from the truth of God's holy word. Listen, and I'm going to come out and say it. This is not being judgmental. This is the fruits of what comes out of their mouth. This is pure heresy. At the crossroad of this country, the United States of America, nine people decided to take away a most important thing from the people. The right for abortion. It is it's so important because a lot of young people get pregnant not because they like to be, but because either they have been raped or, or any other thing. So that right was taken away by nine people. And none, none of whom, one is a black person. And it looks like he is the chief architect of that. Thomas. We need to pray hard, my brothers and sisters. We need to, we will pray for you. Even when we are up there in, in South Africa or all over the world, we will pray for you. But we need to do one thing as Americans. We need to go and vote. And we can show it right now by electing Stacey Abrams, the governor of the state. What you just heard that so-called Christian say, and wait a minute, Bob, you're being judgmental. No, I'm doing what the Bible says. You will know them by their fruits. The fruits of what came out of that man's mouth is evil. It's an affront to God. What he just said is spitting in the face of Jesus Christ. He is unsaved. There is no life in him when he has no respect for the human life that God has placed on this earth. It's all about abortion. It's all about the planet. It's all about our self-gratification and power. You have churches today, churches today, that push every form of sin that God condemns and screams and demand God calls it normal. And then they live in the delusion that God has somehow changed his mind. And all of a sudden, those things that were repugnant to God are suddenly just fine. Chastity, honesty, integrity, the value of life, human sexuality, all of it, all of it has been changed into something that is, that is just an anathema to God's word. We have cheapened the value of human life in this nation. It's all about what I want. It's all about what I want. All about what I need. We've had a great falling away in this country. There's no doubt in my mind. The vast majority of people do not have the love of Christ, the spirit of God or salvation within them, period. And many are so far gone, including many in the United States government in powers 
of office in the Senate of the United States, the Congress, and dare I say the office of the president is a delusional man that believes that he can believe what he wants and still be accepted into God's heaven because, well, because I have a rosary in my pocket or some such nonsense. These people are going to meet their end. The Bible, the Bible states it emphatically and clearly. We're living in a time, as I opened the program today, I posed the question, are we living in a time where it's secular humanism or have we come to a time of really recycled paganism? The worship of the earth. You know, St. Paul spent the entire first chapter of Romans talking about the consequences not so much of homosexuality, but of worshiping the creation and failing to worship the creator. In other words, demanding the creator abide by our rules. I don't care what church body you belong to. I don't care if it's Lutheran, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, you name it, doesn't matter to me, Methodist. You can vote on things all you want, but if your vote on some topic is in contradiction to God's word, God does not hear what you have to say. His word still stands. You are now under his judgment. What does the Bible say when it comes to dealing with places like that? Get out from among them and do not touch the unclean thing. If you're in a church body that is promoting abortion, same-sex marriage, get out. Do not touch the unclean thing. You are not going to fix it from inside. Not going to happen. A friend of mine wrote me a, a letter the other day. And, you know, I, because of my position within my church, he was asking my prediction to reach out to a number of Methodists in the area that he lives, where you may have a church where 65 percent or 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 more people in the church are still theologically biblically conservative but we can't because they can't get to the two-third threshold they may lose their building and the heretics keep the property what do we do well if your faith is based in a stained glass window given in the given in the honor of a grandparent you're in the wrong place Stained glass window in terms of eternity is going to be nothing but ashes and dust. We are worshiping a planet in our public schools. We are corrupting the minds of young people to unsex them. And I'm using that term like from from the, I saw an article where someone said just like in Macbeth, this transgenderism to confuse We have little children that are thinking they have to mutilate their bodies. We have parents that are delusional, satanically deluded, to believe that they need to put in hormone blockers to change their children into something that they're not. God has fulfilled his promise of giving them over to mass delusion. We see it at the highest levels of our own government. The highest levels... We see it in church bodies where they believe the most important thing a church can do is to declare that abortion is something that God honors and loves and and thinks highly of. 
pastors or pastorettes, these women pastors, they get together to bless abortion clinics. They will be damned. There is no life in them. When they die, they will stand before God and hear the words, I never knew you. And if you're in one of those churches, get out. Get out before it pulls you into their delusion. We worship this planet. You know, in 1987, Joe Biden, when he was still a senator, predicted a catastrophe, a catastrophe of biblical proportions for the world. And it would come, you know, before the year 2000, you know, over and over and over again, 1989, the United Nations said that by 2000, the year 2000, entire nations would be wiped off the face of the earth from global warming. Time after time. By the way, all the beaches in Florida should be gone by now and on the coast of Georgia, Long Island, Long Island Sound, all of it should be gone. Should have been gone by 2020, according to predictions in the 1990s, by the cult that worships the earth. This is the same demons of paganism. This is pagan worship. We've been, I've been hearing for 50 years, we only have 10 years left to save the planet. 50 years of false, fake, phony promises, and people are so deluded to believe it. I could spend a whole program. You know, 2009, Al Gore said that the Arctic would be ice-free in five years. We were told that by, I, I can remember 1970, we were told that by the year 1985, or, or no later than 1990, there'd be snow every year in, in Miami Beach from global cooling. If How many times are we going to hear the lie that we must worship this planet? St. Paul said it, and I believe it. We are not fighting secular humanism. That's just a nice name for fighting demonic powers and ancient pagan religions. Moloch worship, forbidden by God, demanded human sacrifice. It's no different today. And churches have abandoned the faith by the hundreds of thousands. There's no life in them. The Bible says their lampstand is gone. They're under God's judgment already. We'll pick this up next week. Do you believe in the work we're doing here? Would you keep us on the radio? This is important, especially this month of August. It's been a, it's been a very difficult time, I know, for so many of us. But if you'd consider writing a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and mail that check to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, Number 3248, that's number 3248 in Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That zip code again, 32536. You can also support us from our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth the number two and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth 
in a darkening world.